Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler season with us. New cards! <laughs> Alright, uh, welcome to episode 12 of Spoiler Season. Um, so today we have uh, no Katie, she is taking class again right now. What? Um, I know, what is she doing furthering her education? That's, that's completely inappropriate when there are spoilers to be had. Um, so we have Min, uh, he's back for more. Yep, here I am. And we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I am Miley. Awesome. Miley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Alright, so I am Min's daughter. <laughs> and I am nine years old and in fourth grade. And yet, despite being nine years old and in fourth grade, you kick serious butt all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, so when she started... Um, so when she graduated from Pokemon, you know, she saw me playing Magic. I used to bring with her with me to Magic Grass, and she sat on my lap and made me pick cards like worst fears. <laughs> uh, like um, and then she, she wanted to play, and I spent like before letting her do her first draft at Pax East, I spent like a month saying, "Okay, you have to be okay with losing. You cannot play unless you're okay with losing because you're going to lose a lot." And then I spent all the time only for her to win her first draft um, at Pax East, and you know she's been doing fairly well ever since. So, yeah, good for her. So we get her expert analysis as well today. Um, so we have five cards to look at. Uh, we're going to do Master of Marionettes first. So this is Black Black 4 for a 1-3 with Fabricate 3. And whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Master of Marionettes' power. So... This is an interesting card. Uh, again, the Fabricate kind of provides us with an interesting choice of, do you want to basically have some fodder to activate the ability off of, but have the ability actually be a little bit weaker? Or, if you maybe already have some artifacts out and you want to give it more power to, to deal more damage and just sack your board away. Yep, I mean, so first blush, like, I'm thinking that if you if you choose a servo option, then the card's pretty terrible because, you know, you're, you're out, the, the ability only does one damage, but Thinking about it more, having the option to make your board wide if you need to in the, um, in, in the limited game seems seems pretty good, actually. And that, that extra damage is, is kind of a, a bonus. Um, so I, I think I'd like this card. I, I don't think it's a great rare in limited. Um, it's not one I, I necessarily first pick over like a really strong common, but I, I, I wouldn't complain if it ended up in my deck. Sure. Um, I think that this is probably uh, not too playable in standard, particularly when we have cards like Zulport Cutthroat still around. Um, but, you know, maybe there's a combo where you go, uh, you know, become events uh, <laughs> on this guy, and then you sack your artifacts and you kill them. Oh, yeah, become events, Ashnaut's Altar, or, yeah. or something. Seems very <laughs> unlikely, but uh, just throwing that out there. What do you think, Milo? Would you play this in your deck? Um, uh, well, for draft, it wouldn't be the first pick, especially since it's... A sp expensive sure. um, for a 1-3 in general, but I don't know, honestly. Like, if you have a really heavy artifact deck, maybe? And so you bring up it's a 1-3, but a lot of times I think uh, if you build your graph deck properly, it's going to be a 4-6 and you'll have a lot of servos already laying around. At which point, you know, they'll start getting in for damage. Like, your your opponent can't properly block them without being for damage, stuff like that. If, I mean, I think I might be speculating a little too much on what the Kaladesh draft environment looks like, but it seems to me that it's going to re reward a lot of kind of planning, like yeah. planning 
how you how your how your uh, deck is going to work or what order to play things or even what choices what modes you're going to pick for each of the cards, which is kind of exciting to be honest. It's it feels non-linear in a sense, and I like yeah. that. Yeah, it almost feels like an extra step where normally you know you build your deck or you draft your cards, you build your deck, and then you go ahead and you have to play it. But now you also have to kind of make these interesting choices in deck construction and in the, in the over the course of the game where you are having to, like you said, plan ahead and say, okay, am I going wide this game? Or am I just going really big on these creatures this game with the Fabricate Trader? So I like Fabricate. I think it's going to lead to some pretty interesting um, sealed games. Yeah. Okay, so our next card is Fairgrounds Warden. This is white two for a one three. When Fairgrounds Warden enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until Fairgrounds Warden leaves the battlefield. So this is the type of you know banisher priest card um, without the ability to break <laughs> uh, break itself because of the wording of the clause. Uh, but these kinds of effects are good, right? You get a body, you get to take away one of their creatures, and if they want their creature back, they have to spend a removal spell on a one three to do so. So uh, this is a good card. It's a dwarf soldier. So if we see dwarves become a deck, which we talked a little bit about yesterday, it didn't look super like it was going to be because there just doesn't seem to be much support for it yet. But maybe in this card spoil tomorrow we'll see more. Um, but you know, it's something to keep in mind that it does have a dwarf subtype. I think it's pretty good in uh, draft and limited. Um, it's like Ryan said, uh, removal with a body. Maybe I'm just overestimating it, but I kind of like it. Um, like, my father has, like, uh, Will Unbroken, I think. Faith Unbroken. Faith Unbroken. So, right, it's like Faith Unbroken, except Faith Unbroken as, you know, there's, I have a friend who hates Faith Unbroken because every single time he plays, plays it, he loses because his opponent just kills his creature, and every single time he plays against it, it just, it, it just kills him. So yeah. he can, it never works out for him, but... Faith Unbroken, it's it's possibly get two for one with that, like because yeah. it's a enchantment. As a creature, here you're not gonna get two for one. At worst, they're gonna use a removal spell on it and, and it'll, it'll trade. Definitely, and this can also just be a really good tempo play. Uh, being able to say, oh man, you know, I I have a decent board. My opponent has a decent board. We're kind of locked out, um, and the ability to maybe just remove a flyer, get a flyer out of the way, and swing in for those last couple points uh, could be a way to win the game. Right, I mean, you think about one of the uh, popular draft archetypes for uh, uh, Eldritch Moon, Red Wife, where they'll play a bunch of choking restraints and Faith and Brokens to kind of just remove the board and just keep attacking through. Fairgrounds Warden would fit into that sort of archetype, except it's a body, it can Definitely. also be attack, and I mean, that's, that's great. Yeah, and it blocks decently too. A 1-3 is a decent blocker. Molly, what kind of pick would you spend on this? Like, first pick, second pick, third pick? What, how, do you, how do you see um, this coming out? Maybe third or fourth, like, I mean, it's a pretty solid uncommon, um, but for maybe some of the other cards, uh, I think I would take over it. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's true. I mean, and I'm c comparing it to Master of Marionettes, um, I think Fairgrounds Warden is probably the correct pick, but I would still, I, I like playing with Rare, so I would yeah. probably take, <laughs> take the Master of Marionettes anyway, but it's... Fairgrounds Warden is a very powerful card, I think. I mean, tell us about Startled Awake. <laughs> Startled Awake. <laughs> That's the card that I've always, <laughs> that whenever I try playing with, I lose with, but I've lost to two or three times in this game. <laughs> but um, if you, Startled Awake is not a question. Worst Fears, the mm. card that Molly once made me draft. Mm. I was like, Molly, no, I'm not taking this mythic. It's terrible. It's going to kill me. 
and the sign that we're going to cast in my eyes like no it's, it's going to be really good you'll see you'll see I'm like no it's going to be terrible so she, but, but I drafted because she really wants me to and you know she, she said that fun too and it's great that she's participating and the finalists of the draft uh, I'm up against a white blue heroic deck that's one loaded up flying creature with heroic that's like a bunch of to- bunch of counters bunch of auras all sorts of things I just can't stop it uh, I, I'm pretty much dead I, I know that so I top deck Worst Fears. I was like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? I play Worst Fears. And I was like, okay. And then so I control his next turn, and he top decks top top deck of one card that he get rid of it, which was uh, uh, put put the permanent on top of your library. Oh, he lost everything. Oh, and came back to win the game. That's brutal. And Molly has never let me forget that. Worst Fears is actually uh, the best card. Ever. The best card in draft. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a good story. So, uh, next up, we're going to look at Insidious Will. This is blue, blue, two, instant. Choose one. Counter target spell. You may choose new targets for target spell. Copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, yesterday, I complained a lot about (laughs) a certain blue counter spell because it's really bad. And today, they spoiled this. And I'm mostly confused. Um... (laughs) I, I mean, so four mana for any of these effects by themselves is bad, but like that's usually how they build these kinds of uh, commandy, uh, what are they called, charm cards, mm-hmm. um, and together this is super flexible. Countering a spell is great, uh, and then like the other two options give you more options within them, right? You can choose new targets for a spell, so that's I think that's the strongest mode that you'll you'll like to use. Um, because you get to kind of two-for-one your opponent, especially if it's a removal spell, you get to counter their removal spell and then blow up one of their creatures. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, you may choose new targets for the copy. That mode, I I don't know. I, I just think these modes, like, these modes never really see play in standard, but having them all in one place with a counter target spell is a really interesting combination. I don't think this is like a four-of, but I'm gonna test this probably as as a one or two and see how it works. Um, it it definitely seems like it might be really bad in some matchups. Uh, matchups where you're just like creature based aggro and you're just dead before you get to cast it or you draw this on turn four and you're like, wow, I wish this was a blocker. Um, but against more mid rangey decks, being able to uh, redirect a ruinous path to your opponent's Gideon or their Liliana um, or their Embercool. Uh, is a pretty sweet uh, play, uh, and also having the option of just countering things is nice as well. So the flexibility makes me think that maybe this this there's something to this card, um, but I'm I'm reserving my judgment until I, I test more with it because I, I it feels underwhelming, but it could be really good and I could just be. Looking I'm kind of with you. I, I too am confused. Um, uh, from a limited perspective, people usually don't play a ton of counter spells. It's usually better just to get the volley on the board. But it feels like, as you say, that the, the second two modes could be extremely back backbreaking and you know, like doing something to like a clear shot or something, like redirecting a clear shot or something like that. Sounds yeah. seems really good. But it at the same time, like reactive spells and limited usually aren't as good as maybe in standard. So I I, I don't know. Um, this is a card that I feel like I will I, I might open if I, if I open it like in the pack uh, first pick I probably wouldn't pick it and then some opponent will blow me out yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how those things work but yeah I'm kind of curious how this one will shake out what do you think the most common choice 
for the third mode is going to be copy target instant or sorcery spell. So you, because you're copying something presumably that like your opponent is casting, um, and it's something that's not going to target and your stuff in a bad way. So like, what are you what are you redirecting with this, or uh, copying with this? Sorry, I that's a good question. Like, I kind of think that if you're going to use that mode, it's it's probably going to be on one of your own spells, I would think, because okay. if it's a, if your opponent's using it, you're just going to redirect it, right? You're not going to copy it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's a like a spell that you wouldn't so like collect a company, right? Where like you can bring uh, copy their collected company and cast it for yourself, um, because I feel like this is like a four mana copy of spell like you're casting would be really really intense on your own mana. Hmm. So it's I, I feel like maybe. That's why I'm trying to think what could you copy that your opponent has that you would be able to redirect. I don't know if there's anything good right now. Yeah, I, I can't. Nothing pops into mind. Yeah. But I'm sure something. Yeah. Any thoughts, Miley? Yeah. Like, I kind of feel the same. Honestly, I'm not a blue player. <laughs> so. What I kind of player are you? I'm a green, red, smash your face <laughs> person. Yeah. In magic and in real life. <laughs> Honestly, I would kind of want to see someone copy this card with the copy target incident or sorcery spell. Copy? Oh, copy your opponent's <laughs> insidious will with your insidious will? Yeah. Okay. Okay, my mind just broke. I, I can't think of that. All right, so my opponent goes insidious will. You cast insidious will to copy their insidious will, and then you choose the counter target. Wait, could you get infinite? Can you have it can you choose your own spell and then have your your own insidious spell and have insidious spells like infinitely reflect? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's wow. what I discovered infinite. <laughs> so you could. Uh, I, that'd be really cool. It's not casting, unfortunately, or you could get the storm triggers off of it. Oh, yeah. But you could make an infinite stack, which is pretty neat. It's something. Yeah. Uh, is there a way to do something with that? I'm not the mind player. I'm standard? Definitely not, I'm guessing, but. Wow, okay. What cool. do you think of the picture of Miley? Do you know who that is? Well, you just told me. That's right. That's <laughs> the person who, who uh, murdered Chandra's father and who um, and who, um, and who, um, who tried to execute Chandra. Is he scary looking to you? Not really. Really? really? I'm, I'm kind of creeped out. Not okay. really. Like, his you, his uh, face is blue right now. You think you could probably beat him in a fight? No. So you're basically saying he looks like a smurf. <laughs> all right next up we have syndicate trafficker this is black one for a three one you can pay one mana and sacrifice an artifact put a plus one plus one counter on syndicate trafficker it gains indestructible until end of turn wait it gets a one one counter nice. yeah oh it's a counter That's yeah a... yeah okay and indestructible okay. and you can do that in infinite amount of times infinite how unless you don't have any <laughs> like mana restraint and artifact restraint. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, first of all, for limited, this just seems great. Oh, yeah. Like, it seems insane. Indestructible on uh, being able to have something indestructible with a bunch of artifacts running around. Yeah, that's that's super awesome. Um, great synergy with Master of Marionettes. If I got this in a good chapter, I would definitely take a Master of Marionettes. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just, it just seems great. You know, three one. You know, it's not great until you get the indestructible, and then like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. And I completely missed the pump. Like, it's it's a lasting pump. It's 
This seems like a wonderful card. I, yeah. I, I snapped this up first pick in a hurry. And this is great on offense and defense. I'm happy to bash with this for like four. Or, you know, I scare my opponent off of attacking if I have some artifacts and some mana up. They can't really attack into this either if it has enough power. Um, yeah, this seems like a great card in limited. Um, and this could have a place in constructed. I think that being able, I mean, so you, you really need to be able to spam enough of the insignificant artifacts, like servos and clues. But if you can, especially if you get clues, being able to sack clues and put counters on both your tireless tracker and your syndicate trafficker seem pretty good. Uh, realistically, I think it's unlikely you're like you're gonna have the right deck like where you can get enough clues for that. Um, but it's an interaction that might be worth keeping in mind. Tireless tracker gets a plus one plus one counter when you crack a clue or when the clue is sacrificed. When the clue is sacrificed. Oh. So when you're even like if your opponent casts uh, the white gear hulk. Uh, oh wait, no, that's, that's not arrogance. If it casts tragic arrogance and you're forced to sack your clues, your tracker gets bigger. Wow. Which is a, a pretty neat interaction. I didn't notice until uh, I saw it in a tournament. So it's a cool interaction. What do you think of this guy, Miley? Um, I think he's pretty good for limited. I would also snap take this unless like foil syndicate trafficker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you think this is a uh, first pick worthy? Yes. All right. So first pick worthy is a is a is a card that probably influence how you draft. Um, if I drafted this, um, I would take lots of fabricated cards to get those servos up and running. Um, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where uh, it kind of influences what your plan is, where you say, okay, I'm taking these fabricate cards, and I know what mode I'm using, right? I'm making servos with these, uh, which can then inform the rest of your draft as well in, in terms of how you're drafting. You're saying, okay, I'm going to make a lot of tokens. I'm not going to have a lot of uh, big bodies from fabricate. Great. So uh, our last card for the day is Fumigate. This is our sweeper of the set. White, white, three sorcery. Destroying all creatures. You gain one life for each creature destroyed this way. So this is competing with Planar Outburst and Descend Upon the Sinful. Um, I think that against Planar Outburst, I like this better. Um, I like this better because it helps control to extend the game longer, which is always something it wants to do. Uh, and... I've never been super impressed by the Awakened Mode on Planar Outburst. Uh, the Awakened Mode on the card, like, you're not running many creatures in that deck, so it just turns on all of the removal spells that would otherwise be dead in their hand. Um, so I, I don't love the card anyways, and then this just seems just seems better. I like gaining life uh, in a control deck. Give me a little bit of a cushion. Um, against Descend Upon the Sinful, however, the really important thing to keep in mind is that Descend Exiles... Uh, it does also have the Delirium Trigger, but I'm not counting on reliably getting that. Um, but in a format with Selfless Spirit and Archangel Addison, uh, destroy all creatures does not always destroy all creatures. Um, so I might rather have a, dis uh, a descent to just exile everything, um, as opposed to worrying about, oh, I can't cast this because they have five mana up or they have a Selfless Spirit on board. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Something to think about when you're building your deck. But like, again... You know, it's the five mana versus six mana. Descend is better, but Descend is an extra mana. So it really depends on how you build your control deck. And do you want to be sweeping on five, or do you want to be? Can you afford to wait to sweep on six? Yeah, no. I, so for limited, this is this is just a great card. Like sweepers in limited, always great. Uh, the common complaint in sweepers like I'm gonna kill my own creatures too. And I'm like, nope. You will kill your own creatures if it's profitable for you to do so. If you're in the uh, if you're in the disadvantaged board state. 
but if you're in a better board state, you just don't have to cast it. It's, yeah, no, it's good to Yeah, no. Um, or are they? Are they? Are they worst fears than you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's to limited. Take the worst fever. Um, oh yeah. And especially in limited, where you always have such big boards, the game life mode seems even better because you get to, you know, really get a cushion. Like, you're going to be there, because this counts your own creatures as well, so you're going to be okay for a while. Even if you don't have much, it gives you some time to draw into some of your answers or some of your bigger threats to close out the game. Yeah. Can I just say the gremlins are really cute? <laughs> I feel really bad for them. Yeah. They look big. Because that's like a thopter up in the sky there. Yeah, it's a thopter fumigating, and it makes me think that you know this this could be a plane where you know it's not an obvious red black villain because look at them, they're so cute. <laughs> I, I feel like this is this this could be a plane where uh, white blue turns out to be kind of like the antagonist. Um, yeah, which is which is kind of cool. I, like I think that. we're seeing a little bit of that with uh, the console being or the consulate being blue white. Yep, and. Uh, you know, what's his name, Baral being, working for the consulate, and the rebels appear to be red. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting flip on the more typical story. Um, so, before we end, gotta get your take, is Rashmi Mishra. Oh my goodness, it's an anagram, isn't it's it? It's an anagram. I completely And all you that. do is swap R-A and M-I. Boop. S-H stays the same, and you get Mishra. Mishra was a male, though, right? Mishra was a male. And Mishra was not obsessed with the great <laughs> Maybe it's his daughter or something. I, Could be. A lot of old play players, I think, have missed the kind of connections between the modern magic storyline and what's come before. And once uh, wizards listen to players' of feedback, it wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to create more connections. Like yeah. That. And we saw an assembly worker. We saw an assembly worker. So there's a few, and then like you know, it's a little weird. And you think, oh, well, yeah, it's just a coincidence, but like. They've done this before, right? They've anagrammed uh, their employees' names into their cards. Uh, Liliana, a villainess, uh, has an anagram, um, and they, they say that was unintentional, but yeah, I, right. I don't. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Miley? Um, honestly, I You have no idea who Mishra is. No. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I barely know myself. <laughs> he was some dude who fought the Phyrexians. Yeah, he, looked, he was uh, he was Urza's brother, who Urza fought against, and he, uh, Mishra was with the Phyrexians. Right. So again, like Kaladesh, uh, Phyrexians. Phyrexian interesting. It's it's interesting. Interesting conspiracy theory. Have you um, seen the theory that uh, Sakili Rai might be Tezrit's daughter? No, I haven't seen that. Why? It's because in the artwork, they are they're they're posed exactly the same, like holding oh. an object like this, uh, holding out an object with their hands sticking out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. I am excited to get a new Tesseract card. Um, I, I, I've liked the past incarnations of Tesseract, and I'm looking forward to getting another one. I like Tesseract because he's a human villain who's not doesn't seem like a complete idiot. Which is yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. Although I guess we'll have to wait to see, since I believe last time we saw him, he was like basically an empty shell for Velas to kind of do what he wanted with. Was he? I think so, because I think like there was... Oh, what was it? what happened? Did he try to betray Bolas and think he succeeded, but it turned out it was Bolas's plan all along, and then like Bolas did something to him or something? Oh no, no, it was uh, it was on Ravnica when he recruited Jace uh, to the Infinite Consortium, and was like, "Yo, Jace, uh, you're gonna like you should work for me." And Jace and Liliana were uh, you know dating at the time. <laughs> 
And uh, then Jace ended up fighting Tezzeret, and I'm pretty sure he, like, wiped his mind. Um, and as a result, like, so Belas was the one who had kind of made Tezzeret in charge of that. Uh, and then after, like, Tezzeret was just, like, wrecked by, Bala uh, by Jace, I think, like, he had his body rebuilt by Nicol Belas. I might be mixing two storylines together, because Tezzeret lost twice. And one time, I think it was with a mind wipe, and one time, I think it was, like, his body was, like, wrecked. And they built him a new one. You know what? It's much easier for me if I don't know any of that. So I'm going to don't know any of that, and I'm going to let wizards retcon whatever they want, <laughs> and then just pick up the storyline from there, because I have right. no idea what you just said. There you go. Uh, Nissa has always been a wonderful, nice green elf <laughs> with all good feelings and good things toward other people. And other races. Yeah. Um, so, that's about it for today. Uh, any closing thoughts? How excited are you for this set? I'm pretty excited. Um, I don't know most of the cards, but <laughs> it looks pretty cool from here. Yeah. All I know is that you opened me three expeditions in Battle of Zenkar. Oh my god. And I'm, gonna count, I'm counting on you for the Kadashi Inventions. Dang. That's an impressive record, Miley. Wow. Two of them were in drafts, so. Nice. Um, so that's it. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, the full set is going to be spoiled, so we will go th uh, through, through highlights of that. I don't think we're going to review every single card, so we won't do that. Um, and then we're going to do another episode where we're kind of going to look back at some of our predictions uh, and reevaluate them in terms of the complete set. And then after the Pro Tour, we'll look back again and see how our predictions panned out, if we were on the ball or completely off. Uh, so you can please subscribe and follow us and do all the other things that you do on the internet. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Spoiler underscore Season, and then we're Spoiler Season everywhere else on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. So check us out, and uh, we look forward to closing out Spoiler Season for Kaladesh. I'm Ryan. I'm Min. I'm Miley. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. season.